Welcome to Alpha and Omega Ministries International. This ministry is committed to bringing apostolic alignment and restoration of the values and principles of the Kingdom of God to the body of Christ. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by the Word of God. I am going to minister one of the least popular messages in the Christian church today. It's not a very popular, in fact, it's not popular at all. We hardly hear messages such as the one I'm going to minister to you today. The title of my message is, The Message of the Cross and the Mystery of the Cross. The Message of the Cross and the Mystery of the Cross. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 7 and 8 says, But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world for our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. The cross is a mystery. Now, the meaning of the word mystery is any truth which is unknowable except by divine revelation. That's what a mystery is. Mystery can only be understood by the revelation of the Holy Spirit. True life, divine life, the abundant life that Jesus came to give us or resurrection life comes out of death and suffering. Very often we so quickly quote Jesus came to give us life and even more abundantly but before you get to experience that abundant life you will have to go through your own death. Because true life is birthed out of death and true joy comes out of sorrow godly sorrow of repentance amen, amen. amen. the death and the humiliation of Christ at the cross was a great mystery no one could understand it no one could see through it the devil his cohorts rejoiced because they thought they had defeated Christ at the cross. They were celebrating his death. Even the disciples lost hope. Because they thought that his death was the end. Their dreams were shattered. Their faith was gone. And all they stood for was completely lost. It was a difficult time. Many of us in the church are at a place of our own Gethsemane. It's not a time to rejoice, it's a time to shed tears. Tears of repentance, tears of godly sorrow. Hello. I recall the day I was born again. You know, too many people today think they are really, truly born again. I doubt that very seriously. 
They think that just by coming to the altar and uttering a prayer from their lips, they think that's salvation. There is no repentance without, there is no forgiveness without repentance, my brother, my sister. I recall the day I accepted Christ and He accepted me. I was a broken vessel. I reached rock bottom. I lost my wife. I lost every godly relationship I had. I was forsaken by my own parents and by my own friends. And it was at that time of brokenness that I received Christ. For I saw what I had done to myself and what I had done to those that I loved the most. I saw how ugly I was without Christ. I saw my own sinfulness in the mirror of God's holiness. And when I saw that picture of who I really was completely lost without Christ, my heart broke and I cried out to the Lord, God be merciful to me, a sinner. And it was then that I experienced the joy of His great salvation. I understood what repentance meant. Today hardly anyone preaches repentance in churches today. All we do is preach the one side of God, the love and the mercy. But God is a just God. God is a righteous God. God is a holy God. Grace is not a license to sin, my brother, my sister. God didn't give you grace so that you can keep on sinning. Grace empowers us. And fuels us with strength so that we can overcome the temptations and the pulls and the lusts of the flesh. So the devil knew. If the devil knew what he was doing when he crucified the Lord, he would not have done it. Because his death dismantled his kingdom and brought his rule to an end. Thank God that Jesus did not shy away from the cross. Thank God that at his most severe hour of trial and pain, he knelt before the Father and he said, Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And often God brings us into a place where we by faith may utter the same words, not my will, Lord, but your will be done. No matter what it costs me, I will do your will, even at the cost of my own life. Thank God he did not shrink back from the cross. Thank God he drank that cup of suffering. Not because of his own sinfulness, but because of our own wickedness. But he showed us the way of the cross. And he said, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself. Take up the cross and follow me. For he that would save his life shall lose it. 
And he who would lose his life for my sake and the gospel will find it again. Amen. Amen. I have experienced death throughout my walk with the Lord a thousand times in many different forms and in many different ways. This divine mystery, the mystery of the cross, this secret plan of God, the plan of salvation that was veiled and hidden in the cross was hidden in one of the foundational principles of the kingdom of God. And that is the principle of the seed. The principle of the seed. What do I mean by that? The destination of every seed, regardless of its kind, it's death. The purpose of every seed is reproduction. Remember these words. The purpose of every seed is to reproduce after its kind. The destination of every seed is death. Jesus said in John's Gospel, chapter 12, verse 23 and 25. You want to hear the Gospel today? This is good news. Most assuredly I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it. And he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Jesus became the grain of wheat that willingly fell into the ground and died. Did you know that Jesus died so that we could taste life, Amen. true life? The Bible says he tasted death for every man so that you and I may pass from death unto life. Amen. Amen. Through his death, he could bring forth many sons into life. Hallelujah. You and I are here today because Jesus was willing to go through the cross and die for you. He was the grain of wheat that fell into the ground willingly. He said, no one takes my life from me. I have the power to lay it down and the power to receive it back. He willingly gave himself unto the instruments of death. He could have called 12 legions of angels and rescued him. But he said, I will not do it. Because it was for this hour that I was born. I was born to die. So that you may have life. No one can truly bear fruit in the Christian life. Or reproduce after his kind unless he or she is willing to go through death. True life comes out of death. 
Die to your own opinions. Die. <laughs> you know, some of us are so proud, we bow down to our own opinions. Nobody knows better than us. Die to your own selfishness. Die to your own lustful desires. The only reason, you may, you may want to take this down, the only reason people fail to fulfill their God-given purpose is because they refuse to embrace the cross of Christ and die to themselves. Amen. That's the only reason. If you do not take up your cross, if you do not embrace death, to the flesh and to yourself. You will never fulfill your potential. You will never fulfill your purpose or destiny in Christ Jesus. You will remain one single seed that has never reproduced after its kind. But what did Genesis chapter 1 says? Be fruitful and multiply. Reproduce. I want to reproduce sons and daughters after my own kind. Hello? Death is the pathway that is to be walked by every life that is destined to glorify God. Yes. Therefore, our view of death needs to change if we are to embrace it rather than run away from it. There are many believers today, they run from house to house, from church to church, from one circumstance to the next, from one trial to the next, from one challenge to the next. They run away from the cross. Scripture says, listen, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. You telling me to die? You telling me to deny my myself, my will? No, I'm here to enjoy life. I'm here to have fun. I'm here to do the, do it my way. I did it my way. Sang it all the way to hell. I did it my way. That is the root cause of every sin. We are sinners because that's, that's who we are. The, the core of it is selfishness, doing it our own way. The Bible says all we like sheep have turned to his own way, our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Resurrection life comes after death. Do you want the power? Do you want the anointing? Yes, sir. Well, go through death. Amen. God will put you into situations and into circumstances because none of us 
None of us is able to crucify ourselves. I remember one of the crucifixion instruments that God, in His mercy and grace, brought into my life was my wife. Marriage is a good place to die. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> you laugh, but that's true. I recall when I was having problems with my wife, even in the early years of my walk with God, I was born again, thoroughly saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in other tongues. But man, at home, we had some strong arguments. We both from Cyprus, very stubborn, strong-willed. So one day, imagine working with your wife every single day, every day of the year. You go home, your wife is there, you go to work, your wife is there, you, and she's with you, and we, we, we're running our business now. I don't know what was the cause, but one day we had such a fight, right in the middle of the store. Stephen wasn't born yet. I stormed out of the shop, I got into my car, and I sped away. I don't know where I was going, but I just wanted to get out of here. I can't take this anymore. She's killing me. You know, I always did that whenever, even before my conversion, whenever we had a fight, I would say to her, I'm leaving. And she said, well, that's what you always do. <laughs> Am I talking to somebody today? So I got into my car. I sped on an open road. It was a beautiful spring day. <laughs> Lovely sunshine. I looked up in the sky. It was a blue sky. And God gave me a vision. Right there in the midst of that blue sky, I saw a white cross, and beneath that cross the words were written, and duto nika, in this you shall conquer. In this you will overcome. I wrote the vision down. When I calmed down from my anger, I came back home, and in the front leaf of my Bible, as I opened my Bible, I drew the cross and I exactly what I saw and put beneath in this you shall conquer through this you will overcome and I began to meditate on the vision and I began to pray and I realized and I wrote beneath that cross self needs to die Andrea needs to die both of us cannot live in this body Either Andrea will live or Christ will live. Paul said, I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. But Christ now lives within me. You know, Christ doesn't fight with anyone. <laughs> He's already fortified, sitting at the right hand of God. He's resting until all of His enemies become His footstool. Amen. So, I understood what God was saying to me. That was the beginning of my own death. Hello? 
Another instrument of death God brought into my life was my father-in-law. He chastised me the most. Some of us are so proud and arrogant and stubborn that God has to take extreme measures. Are you out there? Put us in a straitjacket. You think God will not, God will spare you the cross? You're mistaken, my brother, my sister. The Bible says in, Roman, in, in Hebrews chapter 12, For as many as I love, I rebuke and I chastise. Amen. The Bible says that God scourges every son or daughter whom he receives. It's not all lovey-dovey. God wants disciples, not just believers. Amen. For it is written, I will destroy the, the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. How? Through the message, through the power of the cross. The cross deals with the corrupt nature of man. It goes right to the root of the problem and deals with our pride and our rebellion against God. It utterly destroys man's ego. 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 The Greek word is ego. Me. Me and mine. It's all about me. That's why we have a mentality in the church of Jesus today that when a person comes and joins the church already has a mindset of that ego. What can this church do for me? Rather than joining and saying, how can I bless this house? How can I serve this house? Because I am a disciple of the Lord, a servant of God. And I'm here to serve and I'm here to give. In giving I receive, in serving I will be promoted. This is a very strong mentality and a mindset in the house of God. And if I don't get what I want, if you don't give me what I want, I'm out of here. We do that in every sphere of life, in all of our relationships, even in our marriages. I'm sorry, but I'm going to speak the truth. I do not apologize for preaching the truth. Amen. The truth will set you free. Yes. But in the beginning, it will make you miserable. <laughs> yes. It'll make you miserable, but if you work with it, it'll set you free. Amen. Unless one embraces the cross, he cannot, you cannot serve God acceptably, nor live in the way God desires you to live unless you embrace that cross. And many are serving God today. But in an unacceptable way. That doesn't mean God accepts your service. Amen. Man may accept it. Your pastor may accept it. Amen. But God does not accept it. Unless it is done the way he wants you to serve. Serving God in an acceptable way is the way and the doorway to the blessings of God.
Amen. That's why we need people around us who love us enough to tell us the truth. Amen. Amen. This is God's way of humbling us and God's way of bringing us where? To the end of ourselves. Because that's when you experience the power of God. When you come to the end of your own. The cross utterly destroys all manner of rebellion and all manner of selfishness. The Bible admonishes us to, in Hebrews 12, to look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand or at the right hand of the throne of God. When Jesus looked at the cross, he saw beyond the cross. He had eyes of faith to see the end result of his sacrifice and his death. And what did he see? He saw multitudes of sons and daughters. He saw you and I today. He didn't focus on the pain. He didn't focus on the humiliation. He didn't focus on the suffering. But he looked beyond that and he saw the end result. He saw the fruit and the blessing that would come through his own death and suffering. That's why he was able to endure the cross. And when you go through difficult times, when you go through suffering, and my brother, my sister, you will. The Bible says, through much tribulation we enter the kingdom of God. The life of faith is not a life of ease. There are challenges, there are tests, there are trials that we go through in our lives. We need to learn how to process, how to walk through them and above them. Why? Because there is hope at the end of it, in the other side. Amen. He didn't focus on his humiliation. He didn't focus on his, on his flesh and what he was. He focused on the end result. Why is it that we run away from the cross? Why is it that we run away from suffering many times? Because of fear. We are afraid. Fear of the unknown. Fear of letting go. Fear that is rooted, listen to me, fear that is rooted in the love for self. How do we conquer fear? What's the weapon that enables us to overcome it? Knowledge. Fear can only overcome by knowledge. It's because you know certain things. Jesus knew what would happen. He was not afraid. Amen? Amen. When you know what awaits you beyond the cross, you are no longer afraid. Most of us, and I say this because it's true, and I say it with sadness in my heart. Most of us want a Christianity that is manageable. Amen? Without the cross without the suffering of the flesh that goes with it. Yes. 
Such Christianity does not exist. Not in my Bible anyway. Paul the Apostle in encouraging the newfound believers in Asia Minor. You know those days they produced disciples that had a backbone. Not like today. It's the diet that we feed the believers today that have no backbone. We don't train them adequately. We give them the one-sided humanistic gospel without preaching the other side. Hello. But in those days they produced disciples. They fed them not just milk but with the meat of the word. And Paul says to them, we must through many tribulations into the kingdom of God. Acts 14, 22. Listen to what Isaiah said regarding the fear of dying. The Lord God has opened my ear and I was no longer rebellious. Neither did I turn away, he said. I gave my back to those who struck me and my cheeks to those who plucked out the beard. I did not hide my face from shame and spitting. For the Lord God will help me. Therefore I will not be disgraced. Many times I have been humiliated because of my faith. But I never ran from it. I stood there believing that God would deliver me. You know, my father and mother-in-law, wonderful people, the Greek Orthodox, they didn't understand what happened to me when I got born again. So the only thing they knew how to do was persecute me. You know, if you're, if you're Greek and you come out of the Greek Orthodox Church, no longer, you are no longer considered a Greek person. You're no longer part of the community. They will disown you. My dad wrote to me from Cyprus. He said, if you do not renounce this new faith that you have got onto, you're no longer my son. What are you going to do? My father-in-law threatened me. He says, I'm going to take your wife away from you. I said, I will never deny my faith. I will never deny Christ. You talk about suffering. You talk about persecution. I was literally three times thrown out physically out of my denomination because I preached repentance and faith. Praise the Lord! Yeah. <laughs> Reputation? I had none before I came to Christ. When you're lo no longer afraid of dying, no longer afraid of no longer afraid what people will say about you, you will surrender yourself to the instruments of death around you. Let the Lord finish His work in you and through you. Don't rebel. Don't resist. Don't move away. Embrace it. Embrace it and let Him let Him do a thorough work of cleansing. And setting you free from those things of the flesh that become hindrances and stumbling blocks in our walk of faith.
Many are afraid to die to the rights. It's my right. I have a right to this. No, you, if you're a disciple, you have no rights. Your privileges. Afraid to die to their own dreams. Some of us make idols of our own dreams. And we put the name of the Lord at the end of it. The Lord gave me this dream. Unless it goes through death, you will never know whether it's of the Lord or, or whether it's of your own soul. But if it goes through death and comes out again, then you know it's of God. If it never comes up, it was never of God. God never intended that for you. Let it go. Some people come to me, especially young women, say, I don't know if this is the will of God for this relationship for me. Well, I said, put it to the cross. If it's of God, it'll come back to you. If it's not, forget it. He was never meant for you, you were never meant for Him. Are you out there? That is if you want the will of God. Amen. Death is the pathway to something far better, far greater than what you had before. Jesus, when he faced his own death, he said, Now my soul is troubled. Have you ever been in that place? <laughs> Where your soul is really troubled. Troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose, I came for this hour. Father, glorify your name. When you're going through your own Gethsemane, you should, Father, glorify your name. What shall I say? Save me from this hour. No, glorify. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's your will that I want, nothing else. God is glorified when we surrender ourselves to the cross so that He could freely live His life through us. Paul said, in us death works so that life can work in you. Every single day, he says, I die daily. It's the way of of, of life. It's the Christian way. Paul said, listen to what he said in, 50, in Corinthians chapter 15, verse 31 from the Amplified. I assure you, he said, by the pride which I have in you, in your fellowship and union with Christ Jesus our Lord, that I die daily. I face death every day and die to my own self. What a man. What an apostle. Whatever we allow to pass through the cross will always come out on the other side far better and greater than it ever was. 1 Corinthians 15.43 says, It is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, but it is raised in power. Sure, we will always experience a sense of loss and even pain as we go through the valley of death and let go of something that is dear and is precious to us. 
but we do so with the inward peace knowing that something far better awaits us on the other side. Every person who enters into a state of glorifying God must go through his own path of death and suffering. It will come in many different forms and in different packages. In my 41 years of walk with God, I have experienced death many times in many different levels. In my marriage, in my ministry, in my relationships at church. But I have learned. In 1987, I was summoned by the bishop and he placed a committee of priests. There were about 12 and they sat me in the middle and they interrogated me. At the end of that meeting, they sentenced me, crucified my ministry and buried it. You know, my ministry was my life at that time. I loved ministry more than I loved my own self. So I came home all the way back to Zimbabwe and for three days I sat before the Lord and I couldn't utter a word of prayer. My dreams were shattered. But God, you called me into the ministry. They have forbidden me to speak in your name. They have excommunicated me and told me not to preach again. What am I going to do? Three days I couldn't utter a word. Anna is a witness. At the end of the third day, God spoke to me and he said, Son, they have crucified and buried your ministry, but I will raise it up by my power and I will cause it to reach every corner of the Greek community worldwide. Thank you, Lord. And within a few years, I traveled to the ends of the earth within the Greek community, Australia, South Africa, Zimbabwe, United States and Canada, preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me say this to you. What's of God cannot die and even if it dies, it will come up again. In greater glory, in greater power. And that was not the only time after that, many times. In 1992, I was called to leave Zimbabwe and move to South Africa. Zimbabwe was our life, was our business, everything, our friends, our community. God called me to lay on the altar of sacrifice everything that was dear to me and walk away from it. I'm talking about experiencing death and loss. God has different stages for you. My own path is unique to me. But you, God, has a unique path for your life. For whatever your calling is, for whatever your ministry is, for, for your marriage, for your children. God has a unique plan, a unique path that you need to walk in that unique path and not deviate to the left or to the right, no matter how difficult, no matter how painful it is. Go through it. God will take you through to the other side. And when you get to the other side, you will become wiser, you will have more experience, and you will become more productive in the kingdom of God. Hello. Amen. Amen. Praise God.
Today, through this ministry that has gone through death again and again, God has given me beautiful sons and daughters in the Spirit all over the world. Leaders in their own field, in their own expertise, both in church and in society. How were they raised? How were they birthed? They were raised through my own death and through the own, my own sufferings and challenges that I went through in order to become a seed that can reproduce after its kind. Except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it will remain alone. I did not shrink away from death. I embraced it. I embraced the challenge, the pain, the suffering, no matter what it was. Because I knew that God loved me and He would not allow me to go through. And He would bring me to the other side. And He would make me more productive and more fruitful than I have ever been. In fact, I'm enjoying some of the most fruitful years of my life in ministry. And I'm not here to preach something I read somewhere. I'm here to preach something that I have lived all these years. And I'm communicating this knowledge, this experience, this wisdom, so that you can be rescued from destroying the call of God on your life, from destroying your family, your children. No ministry. No call of God can enjoy longevity, embrace succession, or bear fruit without going through the process of death. And if there is one thing that I have learned throughout the years of my walk with God, it is this. God only uses broken people. God only uses humble, flexible, pliable, broken people. Those are the people, men and women, that He anoints to bear fruit. And their fruit will remain. Psalm 51, 17 says, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. A broken and a contrite heart you will not despise, O God. You want to give God a, a sacrifice that is pleased? Offer Him a broken heart, a humble heart, a repentant heart, a pliable heart. And God is pleased with that. Today I want to invite you because I have asked Pastor Gabriel to leave communion right at the end. As we approach the table of the Lord today. I want to invite you to open up your life to the power of the cross. Ask the Lord to release the power of His death to do a complete work in you. Many times over the years I've prayed this prayer, Lord, let the power of your death penetrate through my entire life. Purge my soul. Purge my mind. Let the power of your death do its full work in me so that I no longer live, but Christ may live unhindered through me and in me. Someone knocked on Martin Luther King's door one day and he said, I'm looking for Martin Luther. He said to him, he's not here. Christ lives here now. <laughs> <laughs> 
And that's what Christ wants from every one of us. Someone knocks on your door and looks for you and says, Well, he died, but Christ lives here now. What can I do for you? How can I help you? How can I serve you? Amen? Is Christ living in you in the power of His Spirit? Or are you still living your own life? How can I know? Well, does your life bear fruit? What kind of fruit? The tree is known by its fruit. Just because you come to church once a week and pay your tithes, that doesn't mean a thing. Hello? God wants you to go deep into the mysteries of the kingdom, grow up and become a mature disciple of Christ so that you can disciple others. So we're going to take communion today. You're going to come to the altar. What is it that God is calling you to do? What is the Spirit whispering in your heart today? Why did He bring you here? Nothing happens by accident. God brought you and led you supernatural here today, even though you may be visiting here today. Why did He bring you here? What does He want to communicate to you? What is it that God is calling you to give up? Amen. Sometimes He calls us to give up things. For His sake, for His glory, and for our own benefit. Is it a relationship? Is it your own stubbornness and pride? Leave it at the altar when you come to receive communion. This is between you and the Lord. He wants you to be productive. He wants you to be fruitful. He wants you to be loyal and faithful. Amen? Amen? What will you do? Let's pray. Just bow your head with me, please. And allow His Spirit to whisper, to do what no man can do. Heavenly Father, we, we bow before you this morning. We thank you for your plan, for your purpose in our lives. Most times we don't understand it, Lord. But we are called not to walk, leaning on our own understanding, but to trust you. And I recall Job, when he prayed, he said, Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Sometimes our path is dark. We can't see our way out of it. It's confusing. It's mind-blowing. But you have not asked us to figure this out. Because our thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways our ways, Lord. But you've called us to trust and to believe. And so help our unbelief today, we pray. If you've never given your life to Christ... 
This is an opportunity for you to come and lay down your life for His sake so that you may experience new life. If you are here today and your heart has grown cold and indifferent toward the things of God and you want to come to the altar and say, God, I want to make a new covenant with you today before I receive communion. Cleanse my heart, revive my soul. Let me experience your tangible presence in my life. The altar is open any time. But know why are you coming? He's the one who can fix your life. He's the one who can put the pieces together. He's the one who can restore and heal and minister life and grace to you. If you are troubled because of what you're going through, ask the Lord to give you grace, sufficient grace, to carry you through these turbulent times. If you've lost a loved one and you're struggling to cope and manage, God is able, for He is the most wonderful comfort. So I invite you to the altar if you need to do business with God this morning. You're welcome. You are free. I cannot fix you. I cannot restore you. Stop looking to men and look to God. One of the things I do when I disciple people, the first thing I teach them is to go to the Lord themselves, to be able to hear God for themselves. Stop relying on man and on the arm of the flesh. Learn to trust your Heavenly Father. Learn to depend upon Him in every sphere, in every area of your life. He is the one who will show Himself strong on your behalf. You are welcome to come and do business with God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. May your presence fill our hearts today and minds. And may the word that was preached and ministered to become life and light to all those who love the truth, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources and more information about this ministry, come and visit us at www.alphaomegaint.org.za.